everybody, and welcome to Should They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, everybody. Iceman here. And uh, today, I it actually got brought to my attention that we've been doing this show so long that a lot of people have not seen the earlier episodes where we had really fantastic guests. And they're wrong for Very that. fantastic. Like, Pre-COVID, we had guests. A plethora oh, of come on. so many just really great guests. If you haven't listened to some of those older episodes, I highly recommend you go back and listen to them. So I thought we would pull an episode from The Vault today, yeah. which uh, features one of these aforementioned One of our guests, old buddies from the entertainment community. Mr. Mark Manson, yeah. author of... Everything is fucked and the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, a smart dude. A very smart dude. We had dude. a great conversation. We had a great vibe as well. Like, we, we got on pretty good. Yeah. And in fact, we got on so good that me and Nikki suggested that we all hang out after, and he declined. <laughs> he had a book signing, and that is probably the only reason we that were was the rejected. Only and then we hit him up a couple weeks later, like 90 he's days like, later. He's like, Who are you? Like, please leave me no, alone. No, just kidding. No, he's great. No, we he's love amazing. him. Yeah. Please check him out. He's wonderful, amazing. He's come out with quite a few books since then. Yeah. So check him out, but also check out this episode. We are currently celebrating our five year anniversary this week, yeah. so we, will, we don't have a new episode for you. But I was like, There's so many good episodes people haven't heard yet. Exactly. So go listen to those. Especially starting with this one. All right. Well, hello. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. My name is Steve Green. Hello. And today, I am so excited. We have Mark Manson here with us. He's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, a book that I quote quite often on Shit They Don't Tell You because it's a lot of shit that they don't tell you. Yeah. We, um, we wholesale just just read your book. <laughs> we just read it every All the time. <laughs> Whole passages. Yeah. My, my lawyer will be in touch. Okay. Uh, and no. we make money off of it because we do a Patreon. <laughs> it's really great. It's been lucrative for us. Very I lucrative. I think that every chapter of almost every every chapter that I've read from you is like it could be a whole episode but we've yeah we've not done that yeah. Um, but yeah so you have a new book out yep. called uh, Everything is Fucked a book of hope a book, a book about, about hope, hope. Yeah. a book about hope yeah. yes I have it I pre-ordered it and we were just talking before we started the podcast that uh, writing a second book is hard yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> writing a book is hard but yeah I, I you know, I was very naive going into it. I'm like, oh, well, I've written a book before. I know how this works. Yeah. And and it's funny. It's like it's never I guess it's like having kids. It never goes the same way. And and one doesn't necessarily prepare you for the for the next one. Um, and then on top of that, there's just all this pressure and expectation because the first one did so well. The first book Dude, was so good. But your that's your first book. And it did that well. Yeah. That's got to be like, were you just a nightmare for a year after that? Because you're just like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know what I mean? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I wasn't a nightmare towards other people, but it, it was a little bit of a nightmare myself. Exactly. Like it messed with me a lot because it's I wrote that book. I started writing that book when I was 30. And so, it, you know, if you have the expectation of I'm going to write for 30, you know, until I'm like old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to have like 20 books in my life and my in your first one crushes it that fucking hard. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere. It just sets you up for like, oh, great. It's all downhill from here. You know, <laughs> right. like, you know it's like, I, great. I peaked at 30. Fuck. <laughs> it's got to feel that way, right? It, it Totally. Like it was it was a big cloud that kind of hung over me. You know who else feels that way? Eminem. Yeah. My uh, idol and hero. <laughs> some shady oh, cause, LP. Cause some shady, some LP, shady did so LP did so well. We He's know. like, how am I going to top it? And then Marshall Mathers LP did even better. As we all know. And then Eminem show. Even fucking oh, yeah, better than that. Yeah, These are just and stories then, they tell the kids they just around the campfire. They just kind of went off a cliff. So you know, maybe after that, <laughs> maybe just <laughs> we just don't do drugs after yeah, the third one. Yeah. But, you I know? mean, <laughs> I feel like it, it, it's funny. I feel like there there was probably a sweet spot of success that would have been just 
all good. Yeah. You know, it's like if it had stopped at like, and again, I'm not. I, yeah, you can't complain. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, warning. I'm not complaining about any of this, but I'm just saying that like in terms of like psychological impact. Yeah. I think if it stopped at like one or two million, it would have been like, wow, damn, <laughs> that was like, I killed it. Now let's do even better. You know, but it's at this point, it's like. It's it, so high. The bar is so high. It's pushing nine million and it's still going. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, I mean, just to give people an idea, I think. There's only been like maybe a dozen books that have sold t- 10 million copies in the last 20 wow. years. Wow. Wow. So it's just. So please don't buy his book. Don't buy <laughs> don't, his don't, don't, don't buy the new one. Buy the new one. Buy the new one. Please. He's got enough problems. <laughs> Actually, we're going to talk about that later uh, because like uh, one of the chapters in the newer book, the newest book that you should buy. Yes. The one that you should buy. Buy his fucking book. Is about uh, pain and how we all have it and how just like some people's pain is better pain. So like you're yes. selling 10 million books. It's a better pain. It's a much better problem. Some people that are like, "How do I sell one book?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Can I say that that you started the fuck in titles thing and now everyone's fucking doing it? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it seems like it's you every time, and I'm always like, "Wait, is that him?" Oh no, 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 it's yeah. not. Dude, I went to the airport and like the first top shelf was all like, "Yeah, they fuck have a your feelings, fuck. Fuck your... everything's fucked. <laughs> like, everything's fucked. Yeah, everything." I feel attacked in this section. <laughs> right. Of the and I'm like, "That oh come on, man. They're all just trying to ride." They yeah, are, yeah. man. No, they it started are. a trend. It, it's uh, you know, it's it, I, I'm the original, I'm the OG, You're the original OG. fuck. I'm the, uh, the I'm the original fuck giver. <laughs> and we're the you in the podcast. See, we got the shit. Oh yeah, we got we got oh. shit. Don't get the shit. They yeah, don't, we got we're edgy too. Okay? We're edgy, bro. <laughs> we're edgy, bro. <laughs> I think it was probably because it did so well, and people before them were like, oh, you can't put like vulgarity in a title. Well, and it like, was so funny because it was such a controversial decision. Yeah. With the publisher, so we shopped the book. My agent and I shopped the book. I think we had eight different publishers that were interested. And we proposed the, the the title "Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck," but we also mentioned that we'd be open to like not doing a fuck title. And I think, out of the eight publishers, I think six of them said we were absolutely not going to put the F word in the title. And then Harper was the only one who was kind of like, actually, I think you know, like let's take a shot, like let's yeah. let's see if this works. It sets you apart. Um, and we weren't. I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh god, am I like, am I sabotaging myself? My first book of my career. Should have done that. Should have sabotaged. Yep. Yeah. Should have overthought. Should have overthought. All yeah, yeah, up yeah. From there. Yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just it's now it now it's like every. Now books that don't have no business having fuck in the title so are like ramming. Fuck. Martha Stewart got a fuck cookbook now. You know what I mean? Does like she? no, you don't. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like that. It's the like Bible's that. like fucking believe in Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's right. Like the fucking Bible. Exactly. <laughs> it's like what DC did with their Justice League. It's like they had to copy the success of Marvel. So yep. it's the same shit. Yep. It's so true. But you know what it is? I think is because well, what was so captivating about that title is that we all do give so many fucks and we all don't want to. And like, you know, when you're in a relationship, it's like the person who cares less wins and all this stuff. Yeah. And so I think people initially like are drawn to that. And then you find out it's not really about how to not give a fuck. It's about like how to place your fucks in the right yes. place. And like actually do give fucks, but to very select few things. Yeah. And yeah. I love that philosophy. It, it's about, it's funny. A reader called said that the book was like a Trojan horse. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's like everybody's like, "Oh, I don't want to give a fuck." Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me buy this, and then you buy it, and you're like, "Oh shit!" It's about my values and what I'm choosing <laughs> to find important in my life. Fuck. And uh, but it's like that's the message people need. Yes. You know, and so the title is kind of just a fun way of tricking people yeah. into like getting into the mainstream. Yeah. yeah. The fuck boys that are like, mm, yeah, they're gonna get girls. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh shit! I, I just raised my moral values. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I love that because it's it's just like it's almost like a voice of uh, cynical optimism. Yeah. Um, which I I'm a I'm kind of a personal development book junkie. Sure. Like I read all of them. I read the spiritual Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer ones. I read like the Anthony Robbins motivation Don't ones. Don't talk about his competitors. The, the, the man's right John here. John C. Maxwell. No, this is a different genre altogether. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I'm saying that I read all those books and none of them have my voice that's in my head. Sure. It's all like just some like wiser person that's like here's how to be more profound. And yeah. uh and I feel like reading your book, I feel like I'm just having a conversation with my husband who yeah. uh you have very similar concepts and different ways of uh wording them and um sure. I really like your stories that you tell with each of your points like you use historical references yeah. you use like science um research scientific research psychological these studies. things i'm incapable of see. he's a, he's incapable <laughs> he just <laughs> these, these rants the, about his theories but he the, doesn't give me some hardcore proof i need to know numbers i need to know studies did harvard yep. look into this yep. Yep. what do you read like that gives you all like the info like all your stories like where like what uh, source what's your like go-to material i i'm just i'm just a reading a well-read man um, like I just love everything. <laughs> uh, I read fiction, nonfiction. I read history. I read biographies. I read academic work. Um, a, a lot of like the research side of it comes from. It, it very much is a part of like the business. So yeah. I, have a, I have a research assistant, and so when I have an idea for an article or a chapter in a book, and I'm unsure of like exactly what, you know, I want to make sure. Up. Yeah, I want to yeah. make sure I get the I get the the research right, and and make sure I'm like getting all the data right you know i'll talk i'll talk to my research assistant and we'll go through a bunch of the most prominent studies about a subject but generally speaking like when i'm i guess in like brainstorm mode for the book um i'm just reading lots and lots of different stuff yeah um and looking for uh examples of like really extreme examples of human experience yeah Uh, i like i think that's what all the stories in my books have in common because they are completely different you'll get like a a japanese world war ii guy and then you will love that story and then you'll get like my high school girlfriend cheating on me and like (laughs) but but what they both demonstrate is is you know is how values affect behavior and affect commitment um and so you can just draw some really cool parallels and yeah, um, you use like uh, yeah, like gnarly historical references, and then relate them to yourselves, and and then we're able to relate them to stuff that happened in our lives. And yeah. it's like, god damn it, I like that. Can I ask too, <laughs> um, when it comes to like your philosophy, have you always had this philosophy where it's like, hey, I don't give a fuck. It's only about like a couple people close to you, and that those are the people you should give the most fucks about, and then let the noise kind of go away. Yeah. Or is this like an, almost like an attack? on a younger version of yourself that maybe gave too many fucks and that's what created the person you are now. It's definitely an attack. So I I, I used to be like you. I used to read all this. I used to be a self-help junkie. Yeah. And um and it and it helped me a lot. Like it it I, I read a bunch of stuff in my teens and my early twenties and it was great. It really did some some amazing things for me. But by my mid twenties I was becoming kind of disillusioned. And I noticed that a lot of people that I was friends with or uh, knew from that world that were really into that stuff uh, were kind of fucked up. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and and a lot of things in my life started kind of fucking up and weird. So it's like I was successful on paper, but like my relationships were a mess and my, my like beliefs about myself and the world were kind of a mess. Um, and so I, I became very disillusioned with it, uh, with the traditional self-help world. And kind of at the same time when I was writing online, 
I started doing a lot of research into the psychological, like academic data in terms of like psychology and everything. And when you dive into all the data in psychology, one of the first things you realize is that humans suck. Like we're <laughs> like humans are just fucking awful. Like our brains are really inefficient. Our beliefs are inaccurate. Our perceptions are inaccurate. We're very self-serving, self-absorbed. Um, and it's a lot of what our emotions and our ideas about success and happiness and failure and everything are really arbitrary and kind of made up. And so the whole goal with Subtle Art, and, and it's continued with this last book too, is that I wanted to write a self-help book that essentially was a pessimistic self-help book. Yeah. You know, it's like most self-help is like, you can do anything yeah. and yes. just believe in yourself and you there's the Post size, you the up. limit, yeah, yeah. you know? And, and I wanted to write a self-help book which was like, look, you're a piece of shit, <laughs> I'm a piece of shit, but it's okay, like, let's just try to be less shitty. And um, because that's really, I think that's a more accurate reflection of yeah. the world. Yeah, that's I That's something I I've agree. tried to tell people for years, where it's right. like, uh, where, well, it's really just, nobody's better than you because we all kind of suck. Yeah. And so it's like, why is why do you look at somebody else and go like, holy shit, I can't do that because they're probably better than me. Yeah. They have some special skill that I lack that I don't have, so I probably can't do what they're doing because they're special and I'm not. But I'm like, dude, nobody's special, and that's why anyone can do anything. Yeah, and that's exactly. how I do it. Exactly. It's it's a uh, yeah. We're all we're all just our own spec. What, what's the quote from Fight Club? It's like we're all uh, the dancing, singing, dancing like shit of the world or something right like that. You, totally yeah totally <laughs> yeah i yeah. agree with that um yeah so a little bit let's get into your newest book sure yeah because that's that's a lot of his old book okay yeah i'm over it it's so 2017 <laughs> well dead poet society have you rip up your book right now you know what i mean <laughs> sand on the table rip um, it up um so everything is fucked a book about hope a book about uh, hope. which also starts with some cool heroic story like yes. the you know in uh, comparison to the Japanese one yes. from uh, Subtle Art, I I liked this story as well. Yeah. Uh, about I don't want to spoil it. You guys have to read the first chapter, but it's like about um just like this badass dude that went into Auschwitz in in, in a concentration camp and like survived and helped a bunch helped a bunch of prisoners and like yeah. was telling everybody that this was happening. No one believed him, and then he like snuck out and he was just like. He, he is the most, his name is Vitold Pileski. He's the most badass person I've ever heard of. Yeah. I've wanted to write about him for years. So he's the only person who ever voluntarily entered a concentration camp. And I think in all of World War II, only like 140 people ever escaped from a concentration camp and survived. And he was one of them as well. Wow. And so he like basically snuck in, spent two years there, helped like hundreds of people and then snuck out. Yeah. Wow. Which is like, and I That's feel like you're like, yeah, you're like elite level I used level to think badass. that Triple H from WWE was the most badass dude, but this guy's way up there. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like wow. he, he, you get the feeling like he chose like to exit. Like he was, he just gave up because he thought like his army was going to come like bust the camp down. And so he like stayed there. But then he's like, oh, they're not coming. So I guess I'll leave now. I guess I should leave now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll sneak out of Auschwitz now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wow. I love it because uh, you say in, in that first chapter that the opposite of, of happiness is not sadness. Or, or any yeah. of that, it's actually um, hopelessness. Yes. So it, it's a feeling as though you have nothing to look forward to. There's right. no meaning to anything you do. And that, and that, a lot of like uh, mental illnesses are kind of yeah. related to that 
lack yeah. of hopelessness or lack of hope. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crisis, so if you look at, I, I call, I kind of like lump a bunch of stuff together. I call them crises of hope, but you could kind of think of them as like crises of meaning. So like, for instance, depression, essentially what de- depression, you know, often depression occurs with sadness, but it's not, it's not the same thing as sadness. What de- what depression is, is it's a sense that nothing you do matters, right. that there's no point to like getting up and recording a podcast or whatever. Um, anxiety is also kind of a crisis of meaning or crisis of hope, except whereas depression, you feel like there's no point in doing anything now. Uh, anxiety is this is this sense that anything you do now is is going to fail. It's going to the what the meaning you have you hope for is just never going to come. It's never going to um, materialize. And so when you look at statistically, when you look at the world right now, um, essentially like where life is better today than it's ever been. Where we live longer, there's less violence, there's less crime. Uh, we're healthier, more educated. I mean, it's just there's a laundry list of things that are better than they've ever been. And the only things that are getting worse are these crises of meaning or these crises of hope. Uh, depression, anxiety, suicide, drug overdoses are all on the rise. And they're on the rise in the richest and most comfortable parts of the world. Um, and so that's a real, it, 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 it's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. So it's like, it's like what you would think that like the, the richer and safer and more comfortable a society gets the happier and more stable the people would become but we're actually observing the opposite right and so the whole book is kind of diving into that but like why it, it's like yeah. what what makes it what makes what what is it about like modern 21st century society that makes it so hard to main develop and maintain a sense of meaning or a sense of hope for do yourself you, do you think it's kind of like <laughs> um when you're reading a book and there's no conflict in it and you get bored of it and you want to walk away. Like, I think there's a lot of that in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of the things, I mean, not to spoil too much, but about halfway through the book, I kind of, I do another like Trojan horse type thing with the reader, which is um, I point out exactly what you just said is that hope requires some, some conflict. Like the, for you to hope for a better future, there has to be something about the present that you reject, mm-hmm. that you're unsatisfied with. And so essentially what that means is that the better and better our world gets, the harder and harder we have to strain to find something that we perceive to be wrong with it. For sure. And then you get people like getting upset over, I don't know, nipple slips and- uh, Of course. Tweet, <laughs> people tweets that somebody said somewhere. You yeah, know? or um, somebody took somebody's haircut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that that's what's so fascinating is that even um, you know, people in the the lower uh, economic status of today live better than kings did. Oh, absolutely! And, and nobody really like ever puts that together. And like, I have a friend who's from from Vietnam, and she lived in like the real shitty area, real shitty, yeah. real shitty, and real <laughs> shitty circumstances. She had like when she moved here, she was like, well, "I have a refrigerator. This is incredible." Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh my god! So she has this story of this uh, this guy that came uh, looking for donations. So she, he was like knocking door to door, and like uh, was he would start his speech off telling them like how impoverished and poor he was and how poor his family was, and she outpoured him. She was like, <laughs> she stood at the I'm door. from Vietnam. I had yep. to pee in the dirt. Yep. <laughs> we didn't yeah. have flooring. We we didn't have beds. We slept in the dirt. I didn't yeah. know what a toilet was. Yeah. I, I called that a hole in the ground. Like, like she really 
I mean, it's a, it's he amazing. Was like, Damn. Wow. <laughs> and the cat like donated money to her. Yeah. Well, no, he should have. Yeah, yeah. he should have. <laughs> that reminds me. I, I I have a friend who's uh, one of my good friends. Is he's uh, his parents were like Indian immigrants, like straight off the boat. Yeah. And uh, he he was telling me once that when he was growing up. He uh, a bunch of his friends were going on a camping trip, and he's like, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, like, can I go on this camping trip?" And his parents were like, "What's camping?" And he's like, "Well, basically, you go out in the woods and uh, you sleep in like a small tent, and uh, you eat like you barely eat, and you like poop next to trees." And like his parents looked at him like he was absolutely out of his, and like they got upset. They were like, "We we came all the way to America. We worked our asses off for thirty years. You are not going to poop in the woods. You are not." Going to sleep under the stars. Like, it's like, like an affront tree to everything they did. Yeah, like yeah, I love they that. They were so offended that he wanted to go do this. And so yeah, he told he had to tell his friends. He's like, I can't go. That's my, so funny. My parents won't let me. That's my like, friend. Let him that's go. my friend, dude. My friends like every, like even poor people own cars and they they have fridges yeah. and television sets and Yeah, she told us that for air conditioning, because it gets really hot in Vietnam, uh, yeah. that she would have to use the back of her mom's arm because it was cool. Yeah. And like and so she would press her face against it and she's like, That was my air conditioning. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like, oh my god. Jeez. Yeah. But it but it's crazy. It's like even if you look at our country, you know, people one thing, one thing that's just true of all humans, like we get very nostalgic, we idealize the past. And so a lot of people have very uh, idealized memories of say like the 1990s or the 1980s or the 1950s or whatever. And it's like, you go back to any decade and shit was really fucked up, you know, like really, really fucked up. Like people, like people were just as recently as like the eighties, people like pregnant women were smoking and drinking beer and like, <laughs> And it's like, I think it was uh, domestic abuse in the 50s was like, I think it was like 60 or 70% of homes like had the best domestic abuse in them. Um, and so it's just, it's all the, there's all these statistics and things that we forget about um, and that we emotionally, I guess more importantly, we, we emotionally forget about it. Like, yeah. we, I don't know if you guys have had this experience recently of like watching a classic movie and then just being absolutely horrified at how fucked up it was. Like, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like mm. it was the most like, like the guy was like borderline. The, just, a the Asian impression, right? No, well, no, no. Well, there's, that is that. But there's he, stuff like that, but I mean, like but the whole premise like, of the movie, like romantic narratives from the 70s and 80s it's it's yeah. like it's like borderline stalking and raping like it's it's just it's absolutely <laughs> right, right, sure. it's like it's like guys like physically like dragging women into yeah. into their cars yeah, and, like, and like slapping them yeah. if, they're, if yeah. they're too hysterical yeah and it's like this was like a romantic movie you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> you're right like if you have emotions you're hysterical and you get slapped dude yeah. I know even Sean Connery like in Russia with love he like backhands a chick across the face and he's like don't talk to me like that yeah. you know like, like, like yeah. all the time in those yeah. movies and we're all like, yeah, James Bond, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So it's it's the world is. Uh... Yeah, you call it the paradox of progress. Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. And and in in the the academic literature, it's called the Easterlin pro paradox. Because um, that's less fun. Yeah, yeah that, 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 <laughs> that, that doesn't reach me. <laughs> the guy was named e Greg Easterlin. I think. Oh, he's he's named after himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better last name yeah. Easterlin. He's the rise of the paradox or some shit. Yeah, that's yeah. what everything yeah. now is in our culture. The fucking rise of everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's the paradox of progress, and and the other the other thing too, you know, the, I think there's a few things going on with this, but you know, one one of them is that it's it's much harder to to know what to hope for. Like it's that need for conflict. I think another one too is just that the better life gets, 
the more you have to lose. Mm. You know, it's like if you think about, if you think like a, you know, like a farmer in Africa or something, like the worst thing that can happen is his crops don't grow as well as they did last year or whatever. It's like the worst thing that can happen to you or me there's a lot of shit that can go wrong. You know, it's like we can, there's a lot to lose yeah. essentially. Um, and so I think that brings with it just kind of this constant anxiety. Anxiety, that yeah. That doesn't necessarily exist in other places. Yeah, can I say when I watch uh, or when I see a news story about like some rich person who's losing all their money, I'm always like, oh, that, I really feel bad for them because they they had so much more to lose. Like they're gonna lose yeah. their jet the and all this shit. The lifestyle is completely shit. shifted. Yeah, and I really genuinely do feel terrible yeah. for them. And it be only because I'm like, dang, dude, they that sucks to tumble from that mountain. It, it's yeah, it it's gotta it's gotta really mess with you. And it and it's there, our minds are constantly adjusting its expectations to like what we've recently experienced. Like I'm I'm going through this with this this new book right now. It's like, again, subtle art performs so well that I'm sitting there like my my book dropped from like 25 to 50 on Amazon today. And I was bummed out, <laughs> and I'm like, and and it's just that's insanity. Like yeah. there there are, there are like a million authors on this planet that would kill somebody to be number fifty on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh god, like drop to fifty, like oh shit, like what am I doing wrong? Um, but it's it's our minds just naturally do that. Yeah. It's just whatever whatever we've experienced recently is like that's the new normal. Yeah. And so when things are constantly getting better you're essentially you're just raising the stakes all right. the time because it's just it's it's a higher and higher bar to clear every time to maintain your sense of happiness or a sense of stability yeah because why would you ever want to go back yeah. yeah you can't yeah you know so um, this is why we all have to pick it like you like pick it outback steakhouse because they're appropriating australian cuisine or whatever <laughs> you know what i mean because yeah, you have to find something you gotta to, find the, yeah. ju you gotta the find juice man. man you gotta fucking squeeze out that thing you gotta Look find something on that note we are gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about a specific chapter in this book that i think is very interesting so stay tuned Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> and we're back. And we're going to talk about more about the new book that I think is fantastic, by the way. Thank you. I didn't even say that. Yeah, I've been Thank reading you. it. And Do you I like it better than the first book? I can't say better. Okay. Because it's like the same style. Like if you liked the first book, then you like this book because it's the same style of writing and it's just different points like it's different uh we're talking about different subjects it's like another so, season of your favorite show yeah I exactly so, i like that yeah i like that it's i like great. it better but you like it better but i i feel like uh, as an artist you always like like the last thing you did is always your favorite thing right true so i agree yeah um i haven't read so i've read the whole book of the first one i haven't gotten through the whole book yet of yeah. the second one i've only read the first two chapters and then this chapter that I'm going to talk about right now because sure. I just had to jump there because it's like great and I feel like Steve and I 
talk about this all the time and I it's almost like a topic that like I I wish more people would know but yeah. I don't articulate it that well so I'm like mm, I'd do a bad job at letting people know about this so mm -hmm. buy this book so you can read a, be a better version of it um, but yeah it's about pain being the universal constant yeah and I love uh, the way it started was with you have a, quite a few like studies that you pull from in this one that's just why I'm like how do you find these these are great <laughs> these are just great like supporting arguments and stuff um, but the first one the blue dot effect yeah. effect was crazy because yes. it makes sense at why society is acting like how it's acting yeah. and it's also fucking bonkers yeah. so uh, will you sure. talk about that so and this ties in well to kind of what we ended with yeah. before about like having higher and higher bars to clear to maintain that happiness so the blue dot effect it was a study it was it's it was done by it's kind of like an if there was an all-star team of psych researchers, they came together and did this last year. And um, it was just an amazing experiment. So essentially what they did, uh, the reason I, I gave it the name, the blue dot effect, just yeah. to make it easier for the reader. But the, the original experiment was they just brought people in and they showed them dots um, that were some either blue, purple, or like some shade in between. And... Um, and then they just told people, they said, if you think the dot's blue, hit this button. If you think the dot's purple, hit this button. And originally, um, and I always get this backwards, <laughs> but I think originally what they did is they um, they showed like a, a most of the dots that they showed were, um, were, blue. were blue. And then a few of them were purple and a few of them were some shade in between. And then as, as the experiment went on, they showed fewer and fewer blue dots. But as they showed fewer blue dots, people started mistaking purple dots for blue dots as being blue because they were expecting yes they were expecting a certain number of blue dots and so essentially what they're showing is that when our mind expects a certain amount of of an experience it will warp its perceptions to fit that expectation and so where the experiment got really interesting is that they did the same thing except now they took uh, friendly and threatening faces and uh, originally they showed mostly friendly faces um, with just a few threatening, or wait, no, I think again, I think it was the other way yeah, around. Yeah, the other way. Yeah, they showed mostly threatening faces with just a few friendly, and then as it went on, they showed fewer and fewer threatening faces, and people started mistaking friendly faces as being threatening. And then they did, they did the same thing with ethical and un unethical job proposals. They did it with a bunch of stuff. And it basically, what it broke down to was that people expect to see a certain amount of threat or conflict in their in their life and if they if it's not there their mind will start inventing it yeah um, it'll start projecting it onto other things that would normally be just neutral or exa fine exactly yeah. that's how we got the hills and laguna beach and all of the, <laughs> some of the greatest the shows greatest in uh, the content history. of yeah. television exactly. history yes nothing beats in those shows when a girl starts crying and then two girls start cr uh, hugging her from different angles. Yeah. I'm always like, man, we live in the greatest time in history when this shit is what's up, dude. But it's crazy because I think this this explains so much about what's going on. It explains a lot of like PC culture that's yeah. been happening mm -hmm. where like words are violence now. Yeah. And it's like the only person who can actually with a straight face say that a word is violence is somebody who's never experienced violence. <laughs> of course. You know, like, <laughs> and then, you know, on the other side, you, you, you have people, uh, you know, thinking that they're, you know, 
because the mall doesn't have a Christmas tree, now, you know, Christians are being persecuted. Yeah. It's, a war, it's, like, well, a war. it's not persecution, it's a war, it's my a friend. War yeah, Christmas. it's a war on Christmas. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, clearly you haven't actually been persecuted. Uh, but it, it's stuff like, you know, the anti-vaccination thing, um, flat earthers. It's just, there's like this crazy need uh, for pretty much all these subgroups of people to, to find, to, to essentially like, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce this word, but it's c- catastrophize. Oh, catastrophize small incidents into something that's major and and seems life threatening. Um, and again, it's to it's in a desperate attempt to maintain that sense of meaning, that sense of hope. Yeah, in their life. And um, dude, that's like you know. And, do, you, do you know the th- the theory that the Beatles, um, Paul McCartney died in 1965? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he got his head cut off in a traffic it was, accident. It was an accident. And they replaced him with another Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, the Beatles got better. What, what do we care? <laughs> <laughs> New Paul McCartney was better than the old Paul McCartney. He did Wings. He did fucking incredible. Like, like, like that's exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a really messed up place to be. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know because it, the problem is is that when when we're uh like making uh, huge, huge problems out of things that are actually very insignificant. It's hard to deal with problems that are actually significant. Right. You know, it's like if if me using a certain word or making fun of making a joke about a certain person is, you know, violent, just as violent as like people getting shot at school. You know, then, then the word violence gets diluted. Exactly. The, right. vi- the word violence stops meaning anything. The word oppression stops meaning. The word war stops meaning anything. Um, and so we're we're actually just harming ourselves uh, by by misinterpreting or misperceiving um, all these problems in our lives. So how does it relate to pain? Because most people are like, I want to avoid pain because ouchies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you uh, talk about like that you should actually be doing the opposite, which is pursue pain yes. because uh, avoiding pain makes a fragile culture basically yes. it makes us more fragile so this this is where pain being a universal constant comes in is that if you are constantly seeking more comfort um more security it's you don't actually feel less pain you just start perceiving pain in smaller and smaller things mm. so the pain is constant in your life and and this goes the other way too like if you people who like come from war-torn areas or grow up with a lot of abuse like it's they actually become accustomed to it. Like their, their brain adjusts to it and that becomes the new normal, even though they're just with enduring a massive amount of pain. Um, and so it's, I think the same way you need to, you know, to keep your body healthy, you need to like break down your muscles in a very controlled and systematic ma- manner um, to promote growth and strength and resilience. Um, I think we need to kind of treat our mental health as a muscle. And it needs to be systematically and in a very controlled way challenged and broken down a little bit um, so that it, it can get stronger and stronger. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think a lot of people, um, it, when they kind of complain that people are soft or weak these days, like that's kind of what they're, you know, we don't really want to go back to like Mad Men days where, you know. <laughs> Da- like, dad is drinking scotch at 10 a.m. and like throwing shit at the kids. Like we don't really want to go back to that. But what it sounds like me today. But yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but what what we do want to go back to is when there was some expectation of you need to suffer a little 
and you need to develop a resilience for yourself mm -hmm. because not only is it good for you, but we can't have a society of fragile, fragile, oversensitive people. Mm -hmm. Like we can't function that way. It almost like misplaces meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. People are fighting for the wrong things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 in subtle art. I, I, I talked about it. I, I said, you know, a good life is not a life without problems. A good life is a life with good problems. And I think the, you know, pain is universal constant kind of gets at that definition of what a good problem is. Like if you are freaking the fuck out because there's not a Christmas tree at the mall um, or whatever, like it's, that's not a very good problem to be upset about. Um, in the grand scheme of things, like that's not going to affect much. But it just doesn't feel like Christmas. <laughs> right. I've heard people say so shit like true. that. I love it. Or when Starbucks changed those cups, yeah. right. it's like we don't get a red I just cup. Can't get Are you in the same spirit? Yeah. But this is what I don't. It's like, since when do you deserve to get in that spirit? Like, <laughs> what the fuck did you do lately that like lets you? You know, it's. It, it was funny. I was on a. I was on another show. Um, well, we know what side Mark's on for the War of Christmas. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> dang, telegraph already. <laughs> um, but it, I was on an. I was on a show a, a few weeks ago, and they. It was a. It was a pretty prominent like self help, uh, podcaster, and and they were saying they're like, well, you know, people deserve to be happy, and I was like since when like <laughs> when, like who says you deserve anything like since when do you deserve to feel anything and it's like fuck you go do something like you have to go earn happiness you don't just sit around and deserve it you don't get to deserve uh you know the world treating you a certain way or living up to your expect expectations you have to go create those expectations only now would, would would people even say this shit like a hundred years ago people were just trying to survive man oh dude well or you'd get shot for saying it right like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. so so it, it's um yeah i mean the fact that we can complain about i mean to me it's it's the like the fact that we have a flatter society <laughs> is is just almost like the, the crowning achievement of yes. how safe and comfortable and free our society is it you gives don't me believe joy. in the ice wall <laughs> I've seen some interesting pictures. Some very interesting pictures. Oh, yeah. I'll send them to you. Yeah. Of the ice wall. Of the ice wall. We'll oh, see what you yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. You, yeah need to, you need to look into this. I don't think you read the right stuff on Flat Earth. I, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You guys. Yeah, you'll see. You guys are scaring me. No, I wish. I wish. No, I wish. I wish I believed it. I want I want to. It would make life so it's much fun. easier. This it's is like that fun. movie Rat Race, and you're on our podcast, and then the logos change behind us, and you're on a flat earth show. Yeah. And we're like, hey, brother, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, if only. You know what's funny? I saw a video recently that, that was talking about how, like, throughout most of history, conspiracy theories, like, were very specific about... Um, like political, like major political or world events. So it's like JFK's assassination or whatever. The sexiest yeah. by far. You know, it, it, it's a, uh, and then they were saying that that this whole conspiracy theories now, they're just about random, random dumb shit. shit. It's yes. like Pizzagate, you know, it's like, oh, they're pedophiles at this pizza parlor. Yeah. Let's go get them. <laughs> well, the, you know? the flat earthers uh, believe that it's, oh, like it's trying to make people, science is trying to make people not believe in Christianity. And they're doing this by 
showing you that the world's a sphere. <laughs> Here's so. the thing. Here's the thing. Think about how much money gets made off of selling globes to schools. Yeah. Yeah. All that whole industry get wiped out. If, yeah. we, if they knew the, See, whole, the, the multi you know, multi million dollar globe you gotta follow the money Mark, See, that's what I'm saying brother exactly yeah. think about all the pictures of the earth all that shit billions of dollars dude wiped out dude, like you, you 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 do a scarily good Alex Jones impression thank you very much thank you thank you I'll rip my shirt off right now I will yeah. uh, today uh, when you're talking about like pain and stuff um, I have like varying levels of uh, um, emotions all the time yeah and so i think i read books because i'm do. like i'm like hey i'm struggling how can i like change my philosophy uh and like think about something throughout the day that like anytime i feel myself getting like some weird emotions i'm like oh wait let's ground ourselves back yeah. down because of that thing i read today um but like yeah i um was mad because i didn't feel like i was making progress in this certain area that i was working very hard in and i mm -hmm. was like i was like how come i'm like killing myself every day and I don't see any progress and uh, and then it kind of went to the like it's not worth it like I'm just, yeah. I should just quit it you know even though Fuck it's a very it. healthy thing to do like I should keep doing this thing sure. and then I ended up yelling at my lemon tree for not growing lemons and that's how that that's how my morning yeah. ended <laughs> that's how my morning began that's how his morning began yeah. was, he woke up to you yelling yeah, at lemon yeah. tree well, and I think it's that expectation is that like okay I'm following all the rules right yeah. like I'm following the rules of like this XYZ will get me this result yes. ABC result and I'm doing XYZ and I'm not seeing ABCs and then I'm looking at my lemon tree and I'm like I'm taking care of you too like why aren't you growing lemons it was almost like it was insulting me like I have been watering it and it grows flowers and the lemons are supposed to come from the flowers yeah I've had it for over a year not one single lemon and I've seen other trees this size that have lemons Mark clearly it's about I, I shamed you my lemon Mark, tree. you know science stuff <laughs> How do we get a fucking lemon on this tree, man? Can you have your research assistant just do a just little digging? Just yeah, reach out. It's, 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 let me know, man. Do you know any more with a lemon tree? You know, there, there's so there's a war on lemon trees That's right awesome. now. Yeah. That not it. many people know about this. I knew it. But it's a huge crisis. Agreed. The government doesn't want to tell you. It's yeah. because the world, if the world was round, I would have lemons. True. Okay. Yeah, probably. It's clearly flat. Probably. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the government doesn't want us all to have lemon trees. Because then we would take our lemons and make lemonade. It makes That's too right. much sense. Yeah, and we'd have organic <laughs> lemons, Mark, and they want to poison all the food. Let me ask you: it, it, When you say put yourself in a controlled environment for pain, right, sure. where it's like to 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 help yourself, what what, what is it's, that controlled environment? It's the gym. You should go there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, so it is. I mean, it, it is kind of like a gym, but for your mind. So, so I think it's. I think there you can divide it up like intellectually and emotionally. So uh, emotionally, I think it's. It's as simple as having those difficult conversations. You tend to avoid um, confronting maybe some difficult truths. Like maybe you just suck at lemon trees. Like yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel really bad for my future kids. Honestly, yeah. I do too. I do too. <laughs> yeah. there was but, only, she was only yelling at a tree because they don't exist yet. But but I mean, it, it's like confronting those really uncomfortable thoughts and questioning them and, and like sitting with them um, is kind of like picking up a weight and lifting it for your 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 feeling brain essentially um and then the same thing for like for your your thinking brain i think it's seeking out um different points of view different perspectives things that you disagree on challenging yourself to like learn something new um it's it's there's all sorts of data like in terms of like old people you know it's, this is why like old people do crosswords and sudokus and shit when they're 80 years old because it's if they don't they like deteriorate into dementia like it's it's the best thing you can do for your brain health uh, is 
to use it. It's just like a muscle. So I think the interesting thing about, uh, I guess, mental pain is that it's there's kind of a Goldilocks amount. Um, if you take on way too much pain, you'll traumatize yourself. It's kind of like if you like try to lift way too much weight, you'll just like break your arm. Um, but if you do way too little, you won't develop grow. and grow. Yeah. Um, and so there's like a moderate amount that you have to consciously seek and pursue. Moderate and, amount of masochism. Yeah. And 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 make it make it a, a, a habit in your life. And choose what type of pain. Yes. I think that's also yes. Uh, choose important. important. Yeah meaningful forms of you know, pain. just like put cigars in your arm every day and be like i'm growing <laughs> right exactly <laughs> oh fuck yeah. yeah this is so much personal growth for me yeah but i mean it, it's fine find something that's worth struggling for that's yeah. worth suffering for um and then um you know seek out that challenge on a continual basis yeah i like uh there's one line in your book that uh everyone should buy uh, <laughs> yes, buy his fucking book. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The book should have been called yeah. Buy My Fucking Book. Yeah. Buy My Fucking That's Book. Next yeah. book. <laughs> You're welcome. Buy My Fucking Book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the line was um, to taking away the ability to feel pain for a purpose actually takes away any ability to feel purpose yes. at all. And I like that. Absolutely. That's very true. Because yeah. if you have no pain, like, in the, like you were saying in the beginning of this whole episode, was that, uh, like, you're seeing the rise in depression and anxiety and drug use from like the wealthiest place because there's very little pain there. Mm -hmm. And then it's like they're the ones struggling most for purpose because yeah, very hey, little pain. I've never felt more what I feel like other people would call depression in my life than when I sold, uh, wrote, starred in, and sold my first movie. It was the first script that we had written, me and my yeah. buddy. And we did it, produced it. I got to star in it. My that was my dream. And then the after that, yeah, like I did my dream. That was what I, all I wanted to do. Man. It's, and it's just a, such a weird feeling after that. Say, the same thing happened to me. I mean, this was part of what inspired the Hope Book. Is is the same thing happened to me after Subtle Art. And it was weird because like I I'd been pretty depressed as a teenager, and then suddenly I'm sitting here. I'm 32. Uh, I like oh, literally. 86? Literally, what's that? Are you 86? Uh, no, no. Now I'm 35. Oh. So. Oh, I see. I see. I'm 84. Okay. Uh, so it's literally my dream came true. Uh, it went better than I could have ever imagined it would go, and I felt exactly the same. I had everything I wanted. I had shitload of money. I was like kicking it at home, taking the wife to Paris and all this shit, <laughs> and I'm like sitting there feeling exactly the same way I did when I was 18 and had nothing and couldn't do anything. And I was like, this is so weird. Yeah. Like, what is, what's the common thread there? And essentially what I came down, what what I, the conclusion I arrived at was that it's, it's about having some, some vision of a better future, like knowing what, what you can do to make your life better. Um, when I was 17, 18, I felt powerless. I felt like there was nothing I could do to make my life better. And then when I was 32, and you're kicking too much ass. And I was like, kicking yeah. too much ass. No <laughs> I felt like there was nothing I could do to make my life better. All so, the asses were kicked. So exactly. <laughs> exactly. So there was. Huh. So I just kind of despaired for. That's a while. amazing. Yeah. How'd you get yeah. out of it? Um, it's interesting, actually. I, I uh, the first thing that kind of kicked me out of it, and 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 I talk about him a lot in the new book, was the, the I started reading philosophy again, first time since college, and I read Kant, and Kant just had this like amazing view about life of like hey your feelings don't fucking matter there's this there's a right and a wrong and it's very like 
you can figure it out and just go do it. It doesn't matter if you, you don't need the hope for anything necessarily. Um, and that was hugely inspiring for me. Um, and then from there, I think it's once I really kind of started digging into this next book, um, I challenged myself. I said, you know what, like forget sales, forget bestseller lists and all that stuff. Um, just write a better book. And if you can write a better book, then no matter what happens, you'll be proud of it. And, uh, and so as, as soon as I found that and kind of got locked into that challenge, um, things got good again. That's awesome. So, That's great. Yeah. You're going on tour. You're on tour right now. I am on tour. I'm so stupid, I'm and going... I assumed that Mark lived here, and I was like, "Yeah, swing <laughs> by the studio." You Shit, know? they like... don't tell you. Mark <laughs> lives in New York. <laughs> Whoops. Fresh Not intel. everyone lives in LA. I didn't. <laughs> so they don't tell you. Yeah, I'm going straight to my event from here. Actually, that's so. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, how long is your tour? Um, I think it goes to mid June. So North America goes until mid June, okay. and then uh, and then I'm going to Australia and UK in July. Well, there you go. When you talk about, uh, real quick, out. when you talk about when you were, like I, I asked you earlier if this is an attack on your former self. Because mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways, the way that I am now, where I'm like pretty pro-bullying because I think it's good for people. Like, <laughs> I just do. I don't know, whatever. I, a lot of people don't like that about me. That's fine. Uh, not like vi vicious, savage bullying yeah, or whatever. Like but all this shit where it's like, oh, we got to ban bullies or whatever. It's like, dude, bullying got me where I am, made me who I am in my opinion. Like all that. Mm -hmm. All that shit that I had to get out of, and I didn't even go through anything that crazy compared to I'm sure a lot of people out there. It's just that for me, it was the world, me versus the world, and I got out of it. Yeah. And so I always felt like I could, I could battle, I could do battle in this world because I, I survived. Well, like he said, a moderate amount stuff. of pain. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's the the bullying. I mean, we don't need to go down a tangent, but like I think everyone should bully. No, no, no. All I'm <laughs> saying, no, no, all I'm saying is, is um. There's nuance to that. I'm bullying yeah. my I'm bullying my former self that I did yes. not like, who I felt like took everything very seriously and personally and all these other things, right? That's all I'm saying. We're, we're, for you, it, you said that it's very much an attack for you too. Yeah. Who, who was this Mark that, that was like that? I was very much a I, – I was – all about I had a bunch of goals that I wanted to accomplish I wanted to build a business I wanted to travel the world I wanted to learn a bunch of languages I wanted to uh, you know do meditation retreats and read all these books and it was like everything was just like this checklist of like I'm kicking ass at this and this and this and this and this and I think what it took me a long time to figure out is that when you're so immersed in the self-help lifestyle uh, because essentially anything that's self-help related, it is making you think about yourself. And so when you build your whole lifestyle around like self-help stuff, you're essentially just building your whole life around yourself. And I think I, I became a very self-centered and self-absorbed person without realizing it. Like it took a number of relationships kind of falling apart for me to realize that. And then there was, I had some friends who were also immersed in this like self-help lifestyle. And I, I got to be on the receiving end of their self-absorption and their self-centeredness. And that that started, and you know, and these were people that I was like, you know, I, I thought they had it all, to, I, had the, I thought they had it all figured out. And suddenly they're just being like the coldest dicks and completely delusional right. about stuff. And I was like, wow, maybe there's something I missed with all this. And, um, and that's when I, I started kind of doing a lot of questioning and a lot more reading. And, and I started realizing like, you know, if there's not a if there's not a why to this stuff, 
none of it really matters. You know, it was like I was trying to go to more and more countries just so I could say I went to more and more yeah, countries. Yeah. You know, There's so like, many people like that, man. That's yeah, so true. It's like I was just reading books so I could say that I read them, and and I never real. I'm like, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like it's like I I. I never stopped and asked myself, like, well, what's the point? Like, what's the end point here? Like, at some point, you have to decide, I'm good enough. Like, I'm pretty good. Like, life's good. I don't need to do all this stuff anymore. Um, and so that was, that was, I guess that was the old self that I was trying to to butcher a little bit um, in subtle art, you know. And yeah. and that's where the all the, you know, you are not special, um the importance of mediocrity um you know it's it's don't try to find out who you are you know it's it's better to just not know yeah um you know commitment is is actually far more freeing than lack of commitment um and that's continued in the second book as well so a lot that's of such an uncool thing to say out loud but it's so true it is so true it is yeah. absolutely true i've got a, there's a whole chapter in the new book about freedom and, and I argue that we need to reevaluate our definition of freedom. Because right now I think our culture assumes that freedom is just having a lack of restraint. And um, I make the argument that actually really what real freedom is, is, is choosing what your own limitations are. Choosing where it's like, okay, like this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm committed to. This is who I'm committed to. And like, Build, basically building your own little fence posts uh, around your life of like these are my parameters I'm not going outside that's of that that's what you do I'm all about but that but you always say that yeah, yeah. and I, it's at, uh, people right now people are just like oh no no fences no fences do everything fucking be everything fuck everything please everyone like, right. yeah exactly yeah. and it's like if you do that it all feels meaningless because you're not sacrificing anything it's the it's the actual giving up of other things right that makes what you have feel important it's like I'm talking to myself, but he's smart. I, that's what I said. Yeah. I was like, this guy's like you, Absolutely but smarter. Incredible. If you want to just like, what hi, it would be like hire me out for dinner parties I won't, or I won't, I won't. Yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just show up with him. Yeah, that's like, smart. it's that's Steve. What are you talking that's about? Better. It's Steve. It sounds you, like him. You can stay home yeah. watch Netflix. No like, I'll go to the wedding. I'm into like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. Well, where can they find you, Mark? Uh, markmanson.net and then the and then Amazon every bookstore go every bookstore ever get the new book um, we like to uh, end the podcast episode by saying like a final thought so do you have a final thought you would like to leave with um, earth is round man <laughs> I'm gonna put it out there. That's, uh, that's controversial. controversial. Yeah, wow. that's really controversial. Yeah. But I'm trying to open my mind yeah. to what you're saying and challenge my former self. You know? uh, for me, it's I, I remember I was a very uptight uh, young man. I uh, I was like no sex till marriage, no drugs, no alcohol, this stuff. Nerd. And, yeah, and I and I hate that guy now, yeah. and I do my best to destroy him every single time Maybe you should I get on my video. It's funny because I was the opposite of that. Really? Yeah. yeah, I was like, no, I'm gonna fuck everybody and you know <laughs> do everything and. He's a way cooler version way cooler, of you. Better way better version. Cooler. It's like, what if I was a good person too? It's unbelievable. Uh, I like uh, pain. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, I feel like that's why I got into acting was because I just find it fascinating that like that's the one thing that's really relatable to yeah. everybody is if you look at any character in any movie or TV show, they're all experiencing some sort of pain. And to them, their pain is the greatest. Uh, like, you know, I could have a broken arm and you have cancer, but even though you're going to die from yours, my broken arm is way more painful. It to affects me. you more. Yeah, it affects you more. And I just think that. Um, Putting it into that that scope of like um, like relating it to uh, or being able to transmute it to like a purpose yeah. is uh, is awesome yeah. and I feel like people instead of bitching on Twitter maybe you just like take that and you know, take that pain like use it but, like use it in, into purpose instead. So of, yeah. I, here's my real last thought because yeah. that was very very well well said and, Thank it, you. and it made me think of of something, two things. One is I think what you just said is exactly why I think it's so dangerous for people to get in this business of, of like trying to measure like, oh, I'm I, I'm more pain than you are. My yes. pain was worse than yours. So, you know, shut up and listen to me. No, I'm the biggest victim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can't measure this stuff. Um, it's, it's so subjective and it's so contextual. But the other thing, so cool story about subtle art that kind of bring it full circle. When we were shopping subtle art around, to, to all these different publishers. Um, some of them kind of got it. Some of them definitely did not get it at all. And uh, and then I walked into the meeting at Harper with my, my editor, Luke Dempsey, and uh, sat down. And the first thing he said is he said, uh, I'm a cancer survivor. It's the best thing that ever happened in my life. And I'm going to publish this book. And I was like, fuck, I'm in. That's like, great. Wow. Don't even need to talk to anybody else. Like, this guy gets it. So that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, well, go buy the book, the new book, both books. You know what? Fuck it. Buy both buy, books. Buy, go buy both. both. All yeah. the books. Go buy all the books. <laughs> Get buy the, the audio book. You can check it out yeah. on Amazon. There's a package uh, with both of them on it. If you're listening when this episode comes out, Mark would still be on tour. So you can go check him out on tour. Yep. Um, also follow social medias, all that stuff. Also follow our social medias at should they don't tell you, po- uh, should they don't tell you on Instagram and at should they don't on Twitter. And uh, you can email us podcast at Nikki.limo for topic suggestions if you'd like to. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Mark. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, phenomenal. It. This is fun. Yes. Hey, whatever, hey, real quick, whatever you're going through out there, as long as you're building something while you're going through it, I think that will help you. You already had a Thanks. final that's thought. My, that's my real final thought. Thanks, Mark. Okay. <laughs> It was a nice final. That was it's nice. a final, final. His first yeah. one was your, your bio. Well, it was about me. It was selfish. It was <laughs> yeah, very it selfish. It was very selfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>